0: what's up ladies and gentlemen welcome to another episode of first and 16 the league pod i'm your host chris ferrer we got a solo episode this week with myself quick one just going to touch over a couple subjects from last week preview this week we have ahead of us give some shout outs talk a little trash maybe give a little bit of advice to some of you uh, that are struggling this season or need some insight and stuff so uh First off, I want to do a recap week six, talk about some things. We had our Mortal Kombat event, um, and apparently no one showed up to it. So shame on all of you. I know I wasn't there. I had a Netflix shoot that I was working on all weekend. But uh, shame on all of you that did not show up. Apparently, there was only four people at this event. It took place at John Peterson's house, Hayden, John, Esco, and the only non-Mortal Kombat Polaris showed up hung out watched some football thankfully they didn't order a huge spread because I would have felt so bad that it all went wasted but uh yeah only four people and a uh, shame on Anthony who's in that division who didn't even show up to his own division party what the hell man so uh yeah I I feel bad for Mortal Kombat you know it's not like we didn't get the word out people knew that it was this weekend so Shame on everybody. Hopefully the four of you had a good weekend hanging out, watching a little bit of football. Um, Eventually, someone will have to explain to me what went down that weekend because, uh, you know, I was in Culver City for most of the day, so I didn't get to uh, partake in a lot of football watching. So thank you, Moral Combat, for putting on your event. The next event will be uh, WWE. That's currently being planned. It'll be in the month of November so stay tuned for that should be announced probably shortly once we uh, pick a venue, but um sorry about that. Mortal Kombat screw all of you guys for not showing up. All right. Off that subject. I don't have a lot to talk about this week, but I, the one thing I wanted to highlight was, was Derek Henry. And I just wanted to pause and talk a little about the insanity on what he is doing over these last couple seasons. Um, we can just look back at the draft. And now we all look very foolish, especially all of you that had top picks in that draft, including Andrew and Alex that passed on him. Every year we keep thinking Derrick Henry is going to fall off because no running back in NFL history has been given this much usage over the last three years. Everyone says once a running back hits over 350 carries, he immediately falls off a cliff the next year, right? You just can't take that poundage. Well, we're going on almost three straight years of Derrick Henry reaching over 350 carries, right? In 2019, he led the NFL with 303 carries, 1,500 yards rushing, 16 touchdowns, led the NFL. 2020, last year, his breakout season, which honestly 2019 should have been is, but he led the uh, fantasy position, 378 carries, 2,027 yards, one of only a handful of running backs that have eclipsed the 2,000-yard mark, 17 touchdowns and everyone thought this is the year he falls off a cliff. He can't do it three years in a row. And by God, all of us are wrong. The only one that isn't wrong was Hayden that actually pounced on him and drafted him. Derrick Henry right now through three games has 162 carries, right? We're not even halfway through the season. He's already on a pace to eclipse his rushing total from last season. He has 783 yards right now through six games. That is a 17-week pace of almost 2,200 yards. Mind you, no running back has ever rushed for 2,000 yards in back-to-back seasons. Derrick Henry is on pace to do that. Oh, and by the way, we're only six weeks in. He has 10 touchdowns right now. He is on a 30-touchdown pace. All of us look absolutely foolish um, and I had to ask the question, is Derek Henry on this little three-year run right here? Is this currently the best run of a running back in our lifetime? And I went back and looked at a lot of the stats of our running backs. Um, the ones that lead the, uh, NFL in rushing in the history and stuff. And aside from a couple names, what we are seeing from Derek Henry has never been seen in NFL history before. Mind you, Emmett Smith and Frank Gore who are two of the top three in terms of total rushing yards in their entire careers, neither of them ever had a season where they rushed over 1,800 yards. They were very consistent, always getting over 1,000 yards, neither of them over 1,800. So what Derrick Henry is doing is eclipsing two of the best running backs of all time. Barry Sanders had a stretch, a four-year stretch, where he went 18, 1,800, 1,500, 1,500, 2,000, right? That's one of the best modern stretchers right here. Uh, Eric Dickerson, this one's really impressive. This is from rookie year to his fourth year. He went 1,800, 2,100, set the NFL record, 1,200, 1,800. That's an amazing stretch. That's 6,900 yards in four seasons. And Derek Henry right now on this three year pace is on track to have a better start than either of these running backs. The only one that I feel like we can actually compare this to is O.J. Simpson. O.J. Simpson back in the 70s, he had a four game four season stretch where he went 2000 yards, 1100 yards, 1800 yards, 1500 yards. And you're like, "Oh, well that's way less than the other guys I talked about." He only played in a 14 game schedule. So 14 game schedule and he rushed for 2000 yards. Um if he was able to play in the 16 game schedule or the 17 game schedule like they are now in, God knows what OJ Simpson would have done. So we are seeing something that we have never seen. And uh, I'm really shocked because I personally, if I had one of those top picks probably would have went with McCaffrey. But uh, at this point, I feel like Derrick Henry is kind of becoming like Travis Kelsey at the tight end position where it's like, we're all waiting for him to fall off the cliff and stop being good at that position. But every year they're proving that they should be first round picks in fantasy and um, going into next year, I mean, it, it doesn't seem like this guy can be stopped. He's probably going to be the number one player on the big board next year. And, of course, probably somebody won't take him because no one has taken Derrick Henry number one overall in our league. Insanity. Hats off to you, Hayden, for having him. He's on a, just an absolute tear. Uh, your team, Hayden, I feel like your your season is going really well. And a lot of your other players aren't even playing up to par, but Henry is absolutely carrying you. He is the number two scoring fantasy player behind only Josh Allen, a quarterback right now. And that's only by two points. So he's outscoring all of the quarterbacks. It's absolutely insane. He's a cheat code. And uh, if you watched him on Monday night against the Bills, they are the number one defense in the NFL right now, and they couldn't even tackle him. I think he had like a 70-plus yard touchdown run early in the game. Like, he's a freak. He doesn't even need to be very agile or mobile, like some of these other backs, like McCaffrey and cook. He literally can just put his foot in the ground, get going. He's so big. It's so hard to bring him down, but if he gets going, gets in the open field, he's a freight train. You're not going to bring him down. So we should just appreciate what we're seeing. Um, I know Alex and Hayden are probably like, what about, what about Adrian Peterson? You know, Adrian Peterson never had, seasons where he had over 1500 yards in back-to-back seasons it was always like a big one where he went you know for 1700 or 2000 and then immediately always had like a little drop-off and when I say drop-off it's like 1300 yards which is crazy AP is one of the the greats too but uh yeah AP AP's comeback from his ACL tear where he rushed for 2000 yards probably is considered the best season of a running back because of what he overcame But I think what we're seeing from Derrick Henry right now might even eclipse that, the pace he is on. So just wanted to give Derrick Henry a shout-out this week. It's absolutely insane. And uh, Hayden, hit me up. I'll trade you whatever you want for him. Um, I'm going to also add in this episode, you know, we talked a lot about trading and all these things. And I put together this little segment called Fantasy Faux Paws and Trading Secrets. And basically, I'm going to, you know, open up my, you know secret ledger and i'm going to share a lot of my trading secrets with you guys. i know a lot of you guys will probably know these things for some people in our league and in other leagues there are simple things that you guys are missing out on and so i want to tell you guys a little bit uh share some secrets with you, help you out as we are approaching the trade deadline in 3 weeks. some things to think about and uh, again, this is probably going to backfire on me, but I don't care. I want to share some of my secrets that I do when I go into negotiating and trading and stuff. So let's start off at the top. First off, this one's super simple, and yet I still see people screw this up. Guys, don't put your Thursday players in your flex for the love of God. We had it happen again this week. I think Reza was our culprit. You don't put a player in thir- that plays on Thursday in your flex. Why? you have lost all flexibility. Look at the name flex. It's supposed to be a flexible position. Now you've taken it up. What happens if someone at one of your main positions, either running back wide receiver or tight end gets hurt. Now you don't have the ability to play any one of those three positions in that flex spot. You have to have a backup at that current position. And sometimes you're not going to have that. So always play your Thursday players in their position, whether it's running back, wide receiver, tight end, even if they're not the better player, always put them in their spot, right? You got to keep your flex open as late as possible. Put the latest game of a certain position. if If the flex spot would be that position, put the latest game there. Guys, super easy. Don't know why people continue to screw it up. It's ruining your flexibility of your roster. Second thing, guys, some people still need to learn how to use the IR There's a lot of you that refuse to put players on IR when they're on IR on your team. I don't understand why. And then I see even people do this where they have players on IR and they make a waiver claim and they drop someone. And you didn't need to drop this player. All you would have to do is move the person from IR or move someone to IR. You have a free open spot to put somebody. So guys, it's super easy. You click edit your roster. You click the player that's IR eligible. And if you go to the very bottom, you can throw them on your IR. It is so simple. And yet I continue to see people not do that. I don't know why. You're just you know, losing players that you could keep that extra spot for. So those are two simple ones. Now I'm going to get into a little bit more that's like fab related and waiver related and trading related. So I've noticed some people do like insane bids. and We've now been in fab for two years. And there are some people that make outrageous, crazy bids. And some people do it because, you know, they just want to guarantee themselves there. And other people, I feel like they just, you know, throw a big number. They don't know. Here's one tip. When you're fab bidding, look at the people who you think might be bidding on that player that you want. Go to their team, click on their budget, see how much fab budget they have left and see how much they can theoretically spend. And then you maybe won't need to spend so much, right? This is where doing a little research on Tuesday um comes in handy, right? You look at the rosters that might need a certain running back or wide receiver, go look at their budget, see how much they have. If they only have you know $29, well, I already know this person can't bid over 30, so then I can you know put it at that. Just wanted to share that with somebody. I know most of you probably already know that, but some people probably could uh use that tip. Remember, just click on the little Eye with the information signal on their team, you can see what their budget is, or you can go to the budget accessories in the app, right? You can see how much money everyone has. Don't be spending extra money if you don't need to. Also, this is a little side tip. This doesn't really uh, work for our league anymore. It used to be when we did not have FAB, but if you're in a non-FAB uh, league that uses traditional waivers, here's a tiny little cheat code that you can do. And, you know, this probably works for one, some other league that you guys are in. When the trade deadline ends, you can still make a secret trade, right? I want to share this little tip with you guys. If you happen to be the number one or number two team on the waiver claim process, you can communicate with that number one or number two team, and you guys can both negotiate and make a one-for-one trade. How does that work? when the trade deadline has, uh, you know, passed. If you both drop a player, you can then both claim that player and no one would be able to claim them but you two with the top uh, picks. It's a little sneaky cheat thing to be able to make a trade after the trade deadline. Only works in a waiver system, though. If there is FAB, right, somebody might just, you know, blow all their FAB and blow that whole trade up for you. But, you know, if you have the number one and the other one has a number two and it's not a FAB system... You can make a sneaky little trade like that after the trade deadline. So that's a little secret I want to share to all of you guys. I've done it in one league before. People were not happy about it. It's funny though. Now I'm going to give you guys some trading tips, okay? Here's here's some things that I look into when I'm trying to make trades. Trade for players that you want when they're on their buy week, right? That sounds stupid, you might think. You're like, why would I trade for them on their buy? I'm not going to be able to get them. Well, you know what? The person who has them, if you want them, are more likely to probably move them on their buy week because that owner will probably want the production that they will get. Right? You might be hurting yourself that week, but if you really want that player, try and find out when their buy week is, then make a deal for them then. If their bye week is after the trade deadline, then you got to just do it elsewhere. But that's a little thing that I look at too. When are people's buy weeks? Also, here's another little tip. Trade for a player Who hasn't had his bye week yet for a player who's already had his bye week. That way you never have to have a week where you don't have a top-tiered player. For instance, if you have someone who has a bye week early in the season, maybe trade that player for someone who has a bye week way later in the season. That way you're not missing out, missing out that player on its bye week. And then you maybe can trade that player later in the season when that bye week's coming up, right? That way you're always optimizing your roster. You're never having to deal with buys. That's one another one tip to show you. These last ones are two of my favorite ones, two little sneaky ones that I like to do. But uh, trade with opponents that you know you won't play or that you have already played during the season. So that way those players don't come back and bite you. Remember, all of us, in depending on the division you're in, there are four teams that you don't play throughout the season. I always like to try to negotiate with those four teams, depending on whose division I'm not playing that season, right? Because we're on a rotation where we're playing different divisions. That way, when I trade a player and that player ends up going off and having a big year, I don't feel stupid and have to worry about them coming back and bite me in the ass unless it's playoff time, right? I like to trade with people that I know the players won't come back and hurt me, right? You might think that's stupid, but uh, it's a way that you know, it's another negotiating tactic that you can have with the person, right? Or You can trade with somebody you've already played early in the season, right? You know that these players aren't going to come back and bite you, right? And you have to face them and then they beat you head to head in a matchup. Some people probably don't care about that, right? Some people have tried to trade with me the week I'm playing them. I'm crazy and superstitious. I don't normally like to trade with people that I know I'm playing because I don't want to see someone that was on my roster put points up against me and possibly beat me. So that's one thing I look at too. Who have I already played or who don't I play, right? I don't play the, uh, the, the WWE division doesn't play the King of the Hill division this year. I made two trades with the W, with the King of the Hill division, because I knew I wasn't gonna have to play those teams, right? I just sent my players over there. If they boom and blow up, well, at least it's not gonna hurt me, right? That's kind of my thought, thought process in it. Last one. This is my favorite one. This is my little super, you know, cheat code. Now, nah, I wouldn't even say it's a cheat code. This one's kind of shady, but uh, it's how you win a, win a trade. That somebody might not know that uh, off top that you're going to win the trade, right? It's a little way to do a little bit more research and get up on the trade. So if you're going to make a trade with someone, see if you play that team, right? As I already said, try to maybe trade with teams you don't have to play, so you don't have to deal with that. But if you happen to play this team later in the season and you want to trade with them and get the players off their team, look at the week you play them right you might be trading with someone and you play them in week 12 right well guess what look at their roster see who has a bye week on week 12 maybe you don't want to trade for those players right because you won't be able to, get to use them against uh, this person because they won't be, be active more importantly look at your roster find out who is on a bye the week you play them if you have players that are on bye week that week trade them those players That way, when you do play them later in the year, they cannot use those players against you, right? If you trade them a person who has a week 12 bye week and by week 12 it comes around, that player might not have paid attention to that. All of a sudden now you're at a competitive advantage because that person can't use those players in the matchup against you. Little shady, little sneaky, but hey, it's part of the art of the deal and negotiation, right? Most people probably won't look that deep in the schedule. So, uh, again, I'm sharing these secrets with you guys. We play each other, but I don't care. You guys can take these secrets and use them in your other leagues that you play in, take advantage of people in trades and stuff. Now you guys know some of my secrets, right? These are some of them. I have a couple others I didn't share, but I, I, I like sharing these ones. Um, always look at your schedule when you're making trades, right? This is a long season, but don't think of it as a 14-week season. Basically, we're playing, you know, one to two weeks three-week increments max, right? You got to look at these as short sprints that we're trying to get through, right? Where a player could be only valuable in this little window, but that little window could be the building block to get you to the postseason, right? Because if you don't win these games, you might trade for a player who's projected way better down the line. But if you're going to be losing all these games, and if you're not in a position where you can keep winning, right, that won't matter. So always look at this week or the week after when you're making deals and stuff and. stuff, uh, there's been a lot of trades so far this year. I think we're, you know, around the average, nothing too crazy and stuff, but uh we have two or three more weeks of it. We'll see how many more deals get done. I know there was a couple more done this week between Brandon, Marcus, and Alex. So we'll see when this comes out, if any more comes out. But those are some little uh, trade secrets I wanted to share with you guys. Some of you are probably like, I already know all that. Others might be like, you shady bastard, right? Let's uh, finish this episode. I want to give out our weekly awards and stuff. This one's going to be a shorter episode just because I'm jumping on. I didn't have anyone to record with me this week, so there's not a lot of discussion, but uh, I still wanted to get this pod out to you guys. Our Survivor Series Eliminator this week goes to Kyle Martinez. Kyle had the lowest score of a Survivor Series Eliminator at 48.88 points. He becomes our sixth member to be eliminated. Sorry, Kyle. You joined me and several others um and we are out of the running for that so congrats for making it this long but uh welcome to the club eliminated I want to give a shout out to our Barker Bowl teams as well all our charity teams they're super competitive if you're not in the Barker Bowl you can always go to the Barker Bowl website and check the standings I have all four leagues posted and the competition there but uh, this week's shout out goes to Marcus Pillares who was our highest score scored 186.14 points, leading the entire Barker Bowl and scoring. Shout out to you, Marcus. Um, I know you you made a, a comment that you said it was a bad week for you across all leagues but the Barker Bowl. You lost all of them except that one, but at least you won the charity one, my friend. Um, also want to shout out Jesse Elward. He is the only one who is undefeated left in the Barker Bowl. Brandon got his first L and uh now. Jesse sits at 6-0, the only one of the 48 teams that is undefeated, so shout out to uh, Marcus for the highest score, and shout out to Jesse for being our last remaining undefeated team. Let's give out our week six awards. MVP, the man who I spent a good portion of the beginning of this talking about, Derek Henry, 33.6 fantasy points for Hayden, 156 Total yards, three touchdowns, leading Hayden to a come-from-behind Monday night victory. The man is just insane. Just an absolute tank. Beast Mode Award goes to Anthony Martinez. He led the league this week with 120.16 points, winning a big matchup for him. He stays 5-1, and one, one of the best records, and is currently number one in the power rankings. Congrats on that huge week, Anthony. Our fatality flawless victory award goes to gabe in his victory over kyle it's funny that this award goes to two teams that didn't even break 100 points in scoring but when you had someone have as bad of a week as kyle gabe was able to get his second win and he beat kyle by 37.96 point differential congrats gabe and uh sorry kyle flawless victory our participation award also goes to kyle kyle racking up the awards this week 48.88 points, and as I said earlier, our sixth Survivor Series victim. Welcome to the Survivor Series Elimination Club, Kyle. Game of the week. This one is tough. I have all four of our Monday night comebacks written down, right? Hayden was trailing Mike, came back to win 114 to 107 because of Derrick Henry's massive game. Myself, Chris, against Marcus, I was down by 32, with Josh Allen and AJ Brown, and they both had huge games, leading me to a 111 to 106 win over Marcus Cameron, who was losing to Shane, and all he needed was Knox or Diggs to do anything, and Diggs got in the end zone, giving him a 108 to 96 victory. Mina also, who was trailing Alex a hundred, uh, he was trailing Alex, and all he had was um, Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders. Did what he did, got his yards, and Mina was able to beat Alex 104-98. to I feel like the winner has to be either Hayden or me. We both had the largest deficits that we were able to overcome. And uh, I'm just going to give this award to myself because I'm recording this podcast. And uh, I was very happy to get off the snide and get my second win as Josh Allen caught a two-point conversion. And AJ Brown playing through diarrhea from Chipotle put up his best week. So uh, I'm giving myself to this, but honorable mention to you, Hayden. Our Rick Astley award, never going to give, never going to go, goes to, I got a couple of these written down. Um, Marcus, man, if you would have started any other Raven in your flex, you would have beat me. You started Hollywood Brown. He only got you like three. Had you have started Latavius Murray or Devontae Freeman, who both scored touchdowns, you would have beat me. So uh, thank you so much for picking the wrong Raven there, my friend. Shane, had you played Cole Beasley instead of Tyler Boyd, you would have beaten Cameron. So I know uh, that was probably a tough decision, but uh, had you gone with the Monday night guy, he would have got you the win. Tough, tough right there. But I'm going to give this one actually to everyone in the league that didn't show up to the Mortal Kombat event. Shame on all of you. I already mentioned at the beginning, but... Everyone that didn't show up to the Mortal Kombat event, shame on you that couldn't, especially if you were already in Riverside, man. We want to get people to these events. I know this one wasn't um, maybe as publicized, but we all knew the date. So shame on all of us for not being there. All right, that's a wrap on week six. Let's preview week seven and get out of here. Week seven, aka, as Matthew Berry calls it, by mageddon right? This is the bye week from hell. We have six teams on bye week this week. The Bills, the Cowboys, the Vikings, the Chargers, the Steelers, and the Jaguars. That is like 20-plus key fantasy players that we are not going to be able to use this week. So uh, I'm sure everyone is frantically trying to fill their roster with waiver wire ads or deep bench stashes. Um, It's going to be tough. I know me and John are both projected in like the 70s or 80s like (laughs) with our scores because we have – both of our starting quarterbacks and several other key players missing in this game. Um, It's a brutal week. So this is a week where you just try to survive. Hopefully you have depth and you can get through this week. Um, A recap of our week to week division standings, community still holding strong in the lead with an eight and four record followed by WWE with a seven and five record, mortal Kombat at six and six and pulling up the rear for, I don't know how many years in a row. King of the hill formerly known as Studio Ghibli. They are three and nine. They are the ones getting beaten up again on this year. So Studio, or uh, sorry, that's Freudian slip. King of the Hill, pick it up, all right? You guys are getting your ass kicked each week. Uh, Hats off to community right now. Best division out there in uh, league play. Our matchup of the week. This is, uh, you know, we had some people complaining about the power rankings, but this is why the power rankings are the way they are, because this week pits off our number one and number two power rank team, Anthony sitting at five and one plays against Cameron, who is five and one. The two best records in the league squaring off. It's gonna be a great showdown. And um, we shall see who is the victor. I know Anthony had a big Thursday game from De Ernst Johnson. So he's got a nice lead, but Cameron has a couple Monday night. Gems in Tyler Lockett and Alvin Kamara, where he could, you know, sneak a comeback. So this one will be a uh, a key matchup to decide who is potentially in the running for that number one seed, as these two teams have had great starts at the beginning of the season. So, congrats to both of you, gentlemen, on uh, good seasons. We'll see who uh, pulls out the win. And that's going to wrap this up, guys. This was a fast, quick episode solo pod. Just uh, wanted to get you guys that information. Talk a little bit about Derrick Henry. Give you some trade secrets and uh, give out the weekly awards. So uh, hope you guys all have a great weekend. Um, We will see you guys here soon next weekend. Marcus Pillares is getting married. I'm sure we are all going to be seeing a lot of each other that weekend. Very excited to be a part of that. Um, That's on Friday of next week. And uh, hope you guys all have a great weekend. The 49ers are back from their bye. I'll get to watch my team play this week. Um, Hopefully your team wins. Hopefully your fantasy team wins. And uh, we'll see you guys when I see you guys. Uh, Peace out, everybody. Have a great week seven.